When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it, Friday edition, Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. I'm courtside here at PBA, the semifinals of girls' state basketball going on here. Elkhorn North and Beatrice, about 329 left in this third quarter. Elkhorn North has surged forward with an and-one opportunity. 36-24, Elijah Herbal back in studio. He'll join me here tonight. For the semifinal in Class A, Bellevue West and Lincoln Southwest, Connor Clark is uh, in his posh apartment with that Chicago flag. Again, death taxes and Chicagoans with the Chicago flag behind their, uh, their, their iPhone camera uh, with the, the backdrop. Numbers to get in, 489-1240. Connor will have the 6 o'clock ball game tonight with uh, Millard West and... Lincoln North Star, 489-1240, numbers to get in, 800-825-5865. We'll get the starting five and our shout-outs on the Hale Varsity YouTube stream. Subscribe and like Hale Varsity YouTube channel and also follow on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed. So a large contingent here from Beatrice behind us or behind me and uh, the Elkhorn North faithful in their Carolina blue across the way. Fellas, how are we feeling? How's your Friday going? We have a lot to discuss. All things basketball. We'll sneak in a few rule changes football-wise. And let's get you the guest list for the Friday edition of Hale Varsity. Tim Baird, head coach of Lincoln Southwest. Uh, Big-time matchup. Southwest has been incredible uh, when it comes to uh, a top-tier program in girls basketball. Coach Berta with us at about 15 minutes or so will corral Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity and Herdat. He is down here on Media Row. Uh, we'll check in with Jacob, get his take on girls basketball. Creighton Marquette tomorrow, Nebraska, as they wind down uh, the home schedule Sunday against Rutgers. So Jacob Padilla with us this hour. Pride of Fairberry's Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, the professor. He'll join us at 5. And then uh, Clausburn in the Friday forecast, some NCAA, game, NCAA games to pick and uh, go through uh, this weekend. Some, some big-time matchups. So back to the original question is we got the housekeeping out of the way. Elijah, you good? Connor, you doing all right? Well, I'm wondering here, how much did Connor pay Scott before the show to – Drop this comment. Scott says, Connor has a bright future in radio. He's got one of the best voices I've heard, plus great delivery. 
Both are true. Both are very true, but how much is Connor paying him to, to, to leave this comment? Hey, <laughs> Scott, I left the Venmo privately on purpose, okay? So keep going around. See, uh, us old folks I appreciate say, that. Thank you. Checks are in the, checks in the mail, but <laughs> nope. Connor's like, no, the Venmo's taken care of. Uh, I love it. Let's get the starting five a shout-out as Tim checks in. Uh, an unhappy first on the board. Tim, we're happy you're in, but we understand your misery with the loss to Ohio State as a Nebraska basketball fan. Weston checking in from West Point. Mike Corgan is doing the uh, the old all right, all right, all right. Uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Woodard from, is it Woodard or Wooderson? Might have been uh, Wooderson from uh, Dazed and Confused. NU Grandpa is here. Andrew checks in. Tuck says present. Uh, Roger is in. Eric Fear also saying what's up. He was already the check-in with us from Charleston and Nebraska baseball. Mother Nature giving Husker baseball fans the middle finger today. Game canceled. Won't be made up. Big Red will play tomorrow against the College of Charleston. And then Brandon winds us down. He's checking in from Kentucky Lake uh, the next 10 days. So good for you, Brandon. A little late time is all good. Ty, all the way from Scott's Bluff and Moonbot. Howdy, nerds. <laughs> Let's give one more. Didn't get in the starting five, but he's asked for it. He was here early. Mark yes. says, looking for that shout-out. Mark, here is your shout-out. A little late on the starting five. Maybe an honorary member of the starting five. Member of the rotation, at least. Well, we'll get to more of your comments. You want to uh, open up a question, comment, but, a Friday fun topic. You're welcome to do it. The, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. We can also talk some ball. We'll get to Nebraska, Ohio State in a second. There is one thing I want to hit on, though, and this comes from the other Brian in the stream. He asks, is anyone not seeing recent episodes of the show on Spotify? Yes, Brian. We are having some technical difficulties. We are out to Spotify trying to get those resolved, hoping to have them resolved by the end of the day. So I know for some people it's been the past two days, some people just yesterday. There have been some shows that have not gone up on Spotify as intended technical behind-the-scenes difficulties there. We are working through that with Spotify, and we hope to have that resolved by the end of the day. So there is your heads up. If you like catching us on Spotify and you haven't been able to see us, you're finding us in another, another way. We appreciate you for that. Uh, we are hoping to have the Spotify issue resolved shortly. So just uh, as of note, we, we love you going wherever you want to go platform-wise for the show. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and then the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Rewind on our different uh, social media outlets as well, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter, KFOR, Facebook, and Twitter, and our friends at ESPN 590, AM 590, on uh, their Twitter handle as well. So uh, you can check the show out, rewind the show that way. It's there for your convenience. You know what was not convenient? Free throw disparity last night for Nebraska. Let's dive in. Those screams you hear behind me, maybe you hear behind me. Uh, Nebraska basketball fans' reaction to eight free throw attempts to 28 free throw attempts. Now, I'll say this. Coach Hoiberg said uh, with Pavelka and, and Jake Yelheisen, you know, we, we need to guard without fouling. We were, we were, quote, too jumpy and Nebraska had all sorts of foul trouble. Guys, uh, Ohio State gave up points in the paint, but Nebraska didn't always go to the paint. 
what they did is they settled a lot from three, and that's fine if you're hitting. And Nebraska did hit 10 threes last night. Trouble is, is they shot 27%. So I thought Nebraska settled a little bit. I thought Nebraska got out of some rhythm offensively um, towards the, you know, the final three and a half, four minutes of that first half. That allowed a surge and a run for Ohio State to go to halftime up 35-30. And then Nebraska got into a little bit of trouble. Three-minute scoring drought out of the time, out of out of halftime. Nebraska cut it to two a couple of times as time dwindled down in that second half. But you had some some tough shots or some questionable shots. One by Kisei for sure. And it never got closer than 65-63. And Ohio State closed out. I believe, on a 10-2 run to, to ice it. So not a good night for Nebraska. I think we all three agree Nebraska could have iced it, punched their ticket, so to speak, with a, another quad one win last night. They got work to do Sunday. They've got work to do a week from Sunday in Michigan. Uh, we'll lay out where they're at when it comes to uh, seedings and projections. Last night didn't, uh, didn't hurt them. But it could have helped them a whole lot. And Nebraska still has some bad habits they go back to uh, on the road with, uh, with when, when the game's in reach or it's a chance to tie a game or take a lead. And, and sometimes they don't make the best decisions or the shot isn't fallen. Both cases last night. And, and we could go, as I alluded to on my Twitter, to the conspiracy theory, which I think is... Uh, popular among Husker fans today, and that's that the Big Ten and the refs are trying to get Ohio State as many quality wins at the end of the season to sneak them into the tournament as possible. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to lay it out. <laughs> I'm not going to go there personally because I'm kind of with you, Schmitty. A good basketball team finds a way to win in spite of the refs, and Nebraska had plenty of chances. I mean, if you want to look at some stats, Ohio State was almost 60% from the field in the second half. Like, you can't allow that on the road. We talked about it yesterday with Nebraska's defense. Nebraska got off to somewhat of a slow start defensively. They closed the game second half defensively uh, without as much intensity as we've come to expect from them over the past couple weeks. That's one place you can look. The shot selection, whenever Nebraska found themselves down five late, wasn't the best. Uh, You had some guys putting up shots. I understand at times you do need to to put up a three and try to, to get a quick possession, but it wasn't always the best there. Uh, you had multiple guys that didn't have their best games. Kisei, you look at uh, Bryce Williams in the second half was not as uh, much of a scoring threat as you would have liked him to be and as much as he was in the first half. Rink, I don't want to say he was silent, but it was another game that was rough from Rink from a scoring point of view. A lot of areas you can look at. Like, you can't ride Sam Hoiberg and Jamarcus Lawrence to a victory on the road against a quad one opponent in the Big Ten. It's as simple as that, especially whenever you let Jamison Battle put up 30 and you let Ohio State shoot almost 60% from the field. You can have frustrations with the refs. I don't think that game was called very well at all, but I'll also say a good basketball team would rise to those circumstances and win in spite of that, and Nebraska didn't last night. I think a big reason as to why there was such a big free throw disparity was because of that shot selection from Nebraska, especially in that second half, because they didn't get to the rim. Mm. Like If you get to the rim, you're probably going to get at least seven to ten more free throws in that game. And I know that cuts the disparity in half, but still that looks a lot better on the box score, right? But a part of that was the way that Nebraska played on offense. Was you know, you, you mentioned the case a you know step back late in the game and there were just a couple of settling shots, some quick threes, and and that was 
kind of concerning to see because it, it was a lot of what we've seen before on the road, as, as Schmidt alluded to earlier, kind of falling back into bad habits. It seems like they're a step slow sometimes on the road. I thought their energy out of the gate was was great. They were flying around on defense. Obviously, Jamison Battle was you know feeling himself last night, and that happens every now and then. The, the good news is for Nebraska fans, if you were going to lose one of the, these next three games and it wouldn't hurt you, this was going to be the game. So the fact that you were able to give yourself a chance despite you know, not really playing that well in the second half, I think says uh, a decent amount uh, about this team, but still need to figure some things out on the road. And again, I know I, I mentioned this yesterday and I'm going to double down on it here today. I think the rink mass narrative of him not doing anything needs to needs to come to a halt. The guy had 14 and 11 last night. He was the leading scorer on the team. Rink mass did what he could. The other guys need to step up. I'm not saying rink mass is leading this team, but last night a double double on the road in Big Ten play. I don't know what much more you want from him. So that's going to be my my rink mass pedestal that I stand on. Well, you can stand on the rink pedestal. That's fine. And, and listen, he does things besides score. And, and he is a, a pressure valve in a good way with, with the, the ability to handle the ball. And he does a nice job with 12, his mobility, sorry. for sure. Uh, finding Kisei and him and Kisei in the two-man game can be a, a real nice thing. But there are shots that he just didn't finish at the rim. Now, I know that uh, Redwood playing center for Ohio State, protecting the rim is not easy. But Nebraska's not been great around the rim uh, and I also want to touch on Jawan Gary coming off a, a career high tying game, you know, just his last ball game against Minnesota. 0 for 6 from 3. He's uh, a rhythm guy now. His dunk was sweet, it was sick, and it, it brought Nebraska within two. But too many of their dudes didn't hit timely threes or important threes. And, and the reason they didn't get blown out on the road last night is because of Jamarcus Lawrence. He came in, scored eight straight, brought Nebraska back, and got him within two. So Lawrence's Superman act was, was much needed for Nebraska, just two guys in double figures. But your, your big dogs need to be better. Uh, Bryce was in foul trouble. All the guys, really, I mean, Nebraska had three guys that had four fouls. And two dudes uh, that had three fouls early in the early in the first half, so there was really a hard problem for Nebraska to find any flow with uh, a consistent lineup. They had to keep shuffling in and out, guys, and it was problematic. It's still one they could have won, and I know we all picked Nebraska. That was more heart versus head. I think if we look at it, despite who is out for Ohio State. That's still a situation where, you know what, Nebraska's going to Nebraska. And I'm not trying to kick them after a loss. I mean, they would won four straight. Uh, Ohio State now takes the crown of the hottest team in the Big Ten away from uh, from Nebraska, who came in that way. How, how many, how many times does a guy – go for it. No, continue, Connor, please. I'm sorry. I'm stepping on your toes. I'm just saying, how many times – because we, we thought before the game Jamison Battle was questionable – how many times does a guy go from questionable hours before tip-off to dropping 32, right? I mean, that doesn't happen very often. I know Bruce Thornton didn't end up playing, and that shakes things up for Ohio State, but it's hard to, you know, see that coming. I know Jamison Battle's a phenomenal scorer, a great shooter, and everything like that, but you don't see a guy drop 30 after coming off the injury list like two hours before tip-off. 
Well, do you know why he goes and drops 30? I, I think it's kind of the story of the game last night. Jamison Battle in that Ohio State squad as a whole was hungrier. They were hungrier for a win than Nebraska was in that moment. They needed it. So? They fought for it. I think so. And I look specifically at Nebraska settling for, what was it, 30-plus three-point attempts. Like, a hungry team battles and gets to the rim, in my opinion. Uh, and a hungry team gives better defensive intensity than that. Whenever a guy's got 30, you maybe uh, have that in the back of your mind. You make sure he doesn't get an open look from three. You fight over that screen late. Whenever Jamison Battle knocks down that three and absolutely ices the game. I just think it was a team that, I don't want to say lacked hunger, but I think the Ohio State team had more hunger. I think it might have been nerves knowing, too. Let's go in and get this. I still, It's still okay to say Nebraska's got a confidence problem on the road. Yes, you beat Indiana, but your body of work speaks to what you are on the road in some tough moments. We'll check in with Tim Berta. More thoughts on Nebraska basketball. Hail Varsity with you on a Friday from PBA, and we're presented by Cornhead Logger. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio here at PBA. And what a scene tonight as it's the semifinals for Class A, Lincoln Southwest and Bellevue West. We welcome in uh, outstanding coach, fresh off career win, 250 as head coach of Lincoln Southwest, Tim Berta joins us. Coach, thanks for a few minutes. How's your Friday going? Absolutely. Friday's great. Uh, I, was, I was blessed enough to be able to get the day off today. I went down and watched uh, watched the game and a half this morning and came home and, and sewed some things up with our scouting report and things like that. So uh, all great to be able to be playing at this time of year. It is. And uh, let's go back to, to Thursday night and uh, just the, uh, the ebbs and flows against inner city rival Lincoln Southeast. Your girls come out with that 58-56 win. A lot of stops, timely threes, great offense, and a classic at BBA. Yeah, it was, you know, a, a typical inner a, a city rivalry in which uh, you know both teams are just going to keep swinging until the end. We kind of go with the motto of, uh, of stay in the fight. That's an old Bill Hurd, uh, Brad Beacon saying, if you stick around long enough and you keep swinging, you're going to have a chance in the end. Uh, we, we made enough plays. We were pretty good early. Uh, got caught on her heels in the second quarter, but I thought after halftime our kids were pretty composed and uh, made some real timely shots. We've had kids make timely shots all year, and uh, and and Eleanor really played well. But you have Kennedy, uh, which is is what we're riding with, and, and she's just even enough to keep everybody uh, going in the same direction. And at the end of the day, um, you know we were able to get a stop at the end, and that's what we pride ourselves on anyway is is defense. So to get a stop was pretty fitting. Lincoln Southwest girls basketball coach Tim Barretta with us here on Hale Varsity Radio ahead of their game tonight, which you can hear locally on KFOR. And Tim, whenever you, you discuss this time of year, you've been in the state tournament plenty. What is that, that, that message you give to your kids before a quarterfinal or before a semifinal, knowing you're the higher seed, but also knowing that there's no easy outs this time of year? Well, that's exactly it. You get, uh, you get to this point in the year, and you get to the Final Four. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great accomplishment. Um, I don't think our kids quite understand the magnitude of how big of a deal it is because we've been there eight straight years. Uh, we tried to tell our two freshman kids that play for us. Uh, uh, they came out of the locker room after our game yesterday and just were like, wow, that was really fun. So 
I, I feel pretty good about what we've done in the sense of uh, we make a big deal out of it of going uh, downtown and we have our lunch and we, you know, we hang out and, and spend time together before. But once we go to PBA and, and the kids get changed and we go through pregame, it's like uh, enjoy the atmosphere, you know, wave it to parents, you know, take it all in. But once you cross the line and they throw that ball up, it's just another game, whether it's on that court, whether it's on our court, whether wherever you play, uh, it's just another game. So hopefully they fall back to the, the details that we worked on in practice and, and they trust each other. And, and then you see what happens. You know, there's four teams left. Anybody's got a shot. Tim Barrett is with us. Sale Varsity Radio semis tonight. Lincoln Southwest, Bellevue West. Coach, we'll get a thought on Bell West here in just a moment. But your warm-up shirts say family. Tell me about your team, that family, that chemistry, that leadership you have this season. Well, that's just a, a motto that I've always went with. And our kids, our kids buy into it. They believe it. Um, our kids really like each other on and off, but, but they know they, they are happy to do anything to have success as a group. And if that, they accept roles, we had 11 kids that will do anything to help us win. And that comes, you know, from the top with Kennedy of, of doing anything, but our other kids are, are all in, they are really happy when somebody else has success and you don't find that a lot. Um, with that said, you know, it's one of those deals where, um, we, we also kind of coined the phrase and have some shirts that say culture wins. Um, and I think that's what you fall back on is, is your practice and your habits and how you do anything is how you do everything and those kinds of things. So it's really fun for our kids to, to see that come through and, and be able to live in the moment and things like that, because we don't have diehard basketball kids. Uh, we have kids that play every one of our kids plays at least one other sport. So when we're out there, it's like they are all in, and, and that's what we love about our kids is they are just they're, – they're totally ingrained in what we're doing and the culture that we've built, and, and they're living on it, and they know what's got us there. And uh, we're not always perfect when we play, but, uh, you know, I tell people our, our kids really they, – they do two things. They really play hard, and they hate to lose. So if you have that as a coach, you, you, you know, I, I can't complain about anything that happens after that. You talk about your kids enjoying the moment. And you, you let off this interview saying you got the day off from work today, but what are you doing? You're, you're crossing the T's and dotting the I's on your scouting report. Do you get to enjoy the moment this week at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I had a bunch of uh, people around that I was able to see, you know, after our game the other night. And, uh, able to see a handful of coaches this morning. And, uh, you know, when, when you win games in the state tournament, your phone blows up and things like that. So um, it, it's been really fun. I've, I've actually really been in touch with a lot of my old boys when, from when I was in Wilbur Claytonia and things like that. Uh, uh, social media makes that world pretty easy, but um, they, a lot of those guys reached out and, and they, you know, they'll, they'll tell you it, it wasn't always easy because even our girls will tell you, I'm not the easiest guy to play for. However, um, our kids really like winning, um, but more importantly, they hate losing. So they will do whatever it is uh, to win. So what we do as coaches is, is try and get them prepared as much as possible. Uh, don't give them overload. Uh, give them things they can handle. And then uh, just let instincts and abilities take over and go from there. Coach, I got to follow up. What makes you not the easiest guy to play for? Well, Schmitty, I don't know how you put it on the radio. I'm kind of a jerk sometimes to our kids <laughs> because of the accountability piece and the, the expectations and, and things like that. And, um, you know, my boys will tell you that I used to coach the, the same thing, but um, I, I also tell our kids that I love them. So 
they know that what we're after in result is making better people out of them, and hopefully we can win some games along the way. Uh, I want these kids to appreciate what we're doing but learn some life lessons as we do it. And then uh, when their moms and, and wives and things down the road, they can fall back on some of those things that were hard and go, hey, I got through things that I can use this to, to learn from. I can use this to help me be a good mom. I can use this to help me. Uh, discipline carries you through a lot of things, and I think that's one of the things we have in our culture. So that's what you go with. And, you know, as a parent, things aren't always easy. So as a coach, things aren't always easy. So, so we take it. Um, we still, the older I get, it's probably a little easier for kids. Um, but, but we try to keep it fun for them too. And I, I got great assistant coaches that uh, kind of balance out the meanness in me with uh, telling our kids that we love them as well. So that's, that's really good for me to have is, is my assistants with me. Tim Barrett with us, your head coach, Lincoln Southwest girls basketball team. And, and coach, you talk about it not being easy. It's not going to be an easy task tonight against Bellevue West without giving away any state secrets that you don't want getting out. What are some things you're looking for from your team tonight if you come away with a win? Well, they have all their kids back from last year. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember last year we we were we were fourteen and ten going into the uh, district final. We had to go to Bell West. They were the two seed, and we were the thirteen, and we knocked them off. Um, so they remember that. Coach Dane Bacon does a great job with his kids. He's actually a good friend of mine. Uh, I talked to him earlier this week, but um, they have some really really good players. Uh, Naomi White going to Grand Canyon is a great player. She actually plays with Kennedy in the summer. Uh, Kenzie Melcher is a great player. She's going to Northwest Missouri. Um, you know, Annika Brown is a great player. They did. They Danny Croyer is going to Bellevue. They got. They just have a really uh, a lot of really good players. Um, we're going to have to be able to do a couple things. We're going to have to slow down their transition. Uh, we're going to have to be able to to defend. Um, you know, and, and and make things hard for them. Uh, to be able to, to score. I, I think it's a situation where uh, their kids aren't going to be nervous. They were in the semis last year, so uh, I don't think nerves is going to be an issue for either group. It's a matter of uh, who can shine in the bright lights and, and see what happens. Tim Baird is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Southwest and Bell West tonight, 745 locally on KFOR right before that, North Star uh, against Millard West, and Coach, as we let you go, and I always love covering you, your team, your assistants, and appreciate the access. Just a thought on, on the state of girls' basketball, what you're getting to see week in, week out. And I know you keep an eye on your team for sure in Class A, but just all levels. Uh, you've got uh, a Metro Final Four. You've got growth uh, around the state. But just what have you been able to glean this season around the state with, uh, with basketball? Well, I think a handful of things go into that. You know, getting the shot clock for, for Class A a year ago uh, was a big step in the right direction. Getting it for Class B this year is a good step. And uh, John Dollar's done a great job of, of promoting that. And, and now, uh, you know, the season Ds have, have voted, and we're going to have it across the board. I think that uh, it, it, it helps the game make it more uh, realistic. That's what they do at the college level, so why not do it at the high school level? But uh, I think kids continue to evolve as players. Um, and that's a blessing and a curse because uh, we have some groups where their kids are, are basketball-only kids, and, and I, that part of it I do not like. I want kids at the high school level to do multiple sports. Even if you're not the best at something, 
you need to be part of multiple teams, especially if you're a high-level athlete. Um, with that said, the blessing part is is uh, you look across the state and how many high-level basketball players are out there. Uh, it, it makes it really fun for a, a young girl, my sixth-grade kids, things like that that I teach that, that get to see high-level basketball and, and hopefully they're in the driveway and hopefully they're, uh, you know, working on their teams, not just to score baskets and not just to win games, but what can I do as a team? What can I be part of? Things like that, because the game is so much more than just winning and losing. It's, it's being a great teammate and things like that. So hopefully all those lessons become uh, part of what girls basketball is in the future as well. Tim Berta with us, girls head coach, Lincoln Southwest, Southwest Bell West tonight uh, locally on KFOR. Coach, uh, great to spend some time with you here before the ball game. Thanks for making time. We'll see you a little bit later on. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you both. Good stuff from Southwest girls coach Tim Berda, Bell West, Southwest, and then Connor will have uh, tonight Lincoln North Star against Millard West. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. As Connor will be making his way down to PBA here in just a, a bit, Elijah in studio. Then we will free Elijah from studio uh, down to PBA for the night camp. Chris Schmidt, great to be with you. Here on Hale Varsity, Friday edition, the Pride of Fairbury's Bill Dolman. He'll be with us here in the 5 o'clock hour. Jacob Badilla wrapping up some uh, coverage now of the game that just ended, and it was Elkhorn North hanging on 59-49 over Beatrice, surviving the Orange. We'll get to more of your stream comments and uh, talk technology. Not just us uh, digitally, but how about the world of college football? Oh, yes, they're moving forward. They're getting plugged in. Thoughts on that, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you here at PBA, it's Hale Varsity Courtside. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Connor Clark can watch the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, also Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Numbers to get in 489 1240, 800 825 5865. We take all sorts of calls. During football season, basketball, it'll heat up during baseball, I'm sure. But, uh, Elijah, you uh, got an interesting phone call here during the break. You uh, wisely screened the phone call <laughs> and didn't throw uh, the, the caller on. Do tell. Do tell before we get into college football crawling their way to uh, the 22nd century. Well, I, I, I pick up, and if you've called this, it's a pretty standard operating procedure. If you've called us here, I pick you up. You call sports back. radio, producer slash host says, hey, what's your name? What do you got? Yes, exactly. Hey, who am I speaking with? Tell Varsity Radio. Gives me his name. I say, what do you got for us today? And he says, well, I was wondering what you got for me. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean by that? And he goes, I'm calling for the sexy girls. <laughs> was it a Borat voice? <laughs> no, he was slow and measured, this gentleman. Oh, my goodness. And I said, I don't know if you have the right number. And he goes, well, I saw it online. I'm pretty sure I do. And I said, uh, I don't know. And he goes, 
well, do you have the sexy girls? And I said, sir, this is a sports talk radio show. <laughs> Absolutely not. And there was a long the, pause the after that. Of, well, what do you have for me? <laughs> <laughs> there, and after I say this is a sports talk radio show, there's a long pause. And I say, hello. And he goes, so who am I calling? And I said, I already laid it. This is a radio station. And he goes, so no women and i said i think you have the wrong number and he said i think you're right and we went our separate ways but that was interesting <laughs> now just to be fair our digital demo breakdown is 70 30. we have lots of of wonderful uh female listeners to hail varsity radio we have lots of wonderful male listeners to, to hail varsity radio we cherish all of you but but the problem is that if you're calling into a radio station looking for anyone sexy male or female you've called the wrong place we work in radio for a reason because we don't that's, have the faces for tv that's just what you want for why did we implement the stream for for <laughs> for, for <laughs> yeah there's gonna be some guy in a, in a in a dark room in a chair with smoke billowing out and and that that these are the voices he calls for 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 sexy talk <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I Jacob walked up right next to yeah. him. Yeah, Jake, Jacob was wondering what, what's going on uh, in, in the world, and, and he's finishing up his math before uh, he, uh, he jumps on I, with us here. I, I guess if you're paying, you want me to talk sexy to you on the phone, I guess. Yeah, you can hop on now. Yeah, we're, we're live, Big Cat. Um, so we just, had a, we just had an interesting phone call. Um, someone right. dialed our 800 line by mistake. Turn you down so you don't start there. bleeding out of your ears. Okay, Sorry about go. that. I, c- so, I can think again. So, yeah, so Elijah just had a, a phone call. Well, you relay it. Just reset it for, for Jacob. Basically, I just told the story, so I'll give it in as short of terms as possible. A gentleman called in, not looking to go on the air. He was looking to talk to the sexy women. Um, <laughs> and I had to let him down easy and let him know that there are no sexy women. Sir, you are calling a <laughs> sports radio show. <laughs> Alrighty then. And Jacob's like, can we talk basketball? <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, I had tears coming down my eyes. Yeah. I was like, we've had a lot of calls over the years with Nebraska's performance, but nothing requesting that. Yeah, that's probably a first. Uh, we'll, we'll get into to high school and, and some of the matchups here in a moment. Reaction to Ohio State, Nebraska last night, and then get your take on Marquette Creighton. Yeah. I didn't get to watch the, the Ohio State game because obviously. Uh, Creighton was uh, Yeah. Well, and, um, yeah, I've got. Been a little busy this week, so I haven't had time to go back and watch it. Um, I, I was here. Uh, but I, that's – performances like that are kind of what gives you pause to go all in. A uh, team missing its best player. Obviously, they've been tougher since the coaching change, but um, it's a team that you had already beaten. Um, and to just kind of have that kind Settle of performance. For threes. Yeah, and, and your best players kind of not leading the way, like mm-hmm. t- uh, some, some rough shot selection from what I saw. And obviously – really poor shooting on top of it mm-hmm. um that's kind of they got to find a way to get that cleaned up just a little bit as you head into the postseason here especially because you're not going to have pba behind you you're gonna have to find a way to generate your own energy generate your own momentum it's going to be neutral sites uh the, the rest of the way once you get into the postseason so I, it's, it's just one loss like I, they weren't favored to win that game um and again ohio state's been better so not the end of the world but you got to find a way to avoid those kind of especially like listen to like seeing some of fred's reaction to it and just how disappointed he was with the effort 
uh, and the decision-making, all that type of stuff, that's stuff that you can control. Whether an off-shooting night, that'll happen. It's the stuff that leads to the off-shooting that you can fix, and you don't want to let it happen, but it is. it should be fixable at least. Jacob, from your time coaching basketball, it seems to be a trend this season where when Nebraska has a game that goes well for them, we take down Purdue, you take down Wisconsin, or a string of games that go well for you, when the good feelings get going for this Husker basketball team, they tend to lay an egg after that. And last night wasn't laying an egg, but I saw the same thing Fred did. And I saw a team that got out-efforted by Ohio State. Ohio State looked like the hungrier team. From your time coaching basketball, is there any solution to that, any coaching solutions for a team that lets the good feelings get to them a little bit? Or is that just something you're going to have to learn to live with, something you're going to have to learn to deal with and hope that when the NCAA tournament rolls around that guys are going to bring that full effort every time? Yeah. Oh, the solution is to show them results like that. And, like, you want to let this happen again. Um, that, that's, that's, that's the whole key. Like, you have to learn from your mistakes. And you have to learn from what you do well, what you do uh, poorly, and you have to recognize when stuff like that happens. Like, if it is a trend, uh, the players have to realize why it's happening and what they need to do to fix it. And coaches can, can only say so much. Like, you can ride the guys as much as you want to, but ultimately it's going to be on them. And so they, if they're the type that, um, that this, this uh, kind of result performance didn't sit well, then you shouldn't have to do too much from a coaching standpoint to fix it. Just point it out and, and make sure they know that, hey, this can't happen again. Um, but, again, it's, it's going to be on them to, to actually take that to heart and, and make the necessary adjust, adjustments. And there was a moment at the end of the first half where I think Fred may have been sending a message. It was the last possession where he throws Kale Jacobson in as well as uh, Matar Jop. Both those guys get in the last possession. Maybe you like the defense they bring, but I think there was a message behind that that Fred didn't like the defensive effort of the last couple minutes of that first half. And Jacob, I know you didn't watch that, <laughs> but I think that may have been a, a, a Fred trying to coach that into his guys that we need better effort. Yeah, could be. Uh, could also be make sure nobody gets any fouls uh, in that situation. <laughs> if it's one possession, one de- uh, defensive possession, um, that's also uh, an option. But I, I like your theory. Uh, that certainly can work. Jacob, hang Jacob, tight. Is... Go, go ahead, Connor. We have 60 yep. seconds here. Okay, well, we can wait till the next Yeah, time. Hang, hang yeah. through about three minutes to the other side. You got it? Yep, I'm good. Okay. So Jacob Padilla, courtside here at PBA. You can find him at Jacob Padilla underscore. Catch uh, his work with Hale Varsity and Herd at Sports. He is all over Creighton. He's all over Nebraska. He's all over girls' state basketball with 2024 tournament coverage. Him and Mike Sauter uh, are uh, doing a bang-up job as always. The question and, uh, is, does Jacob know where the sexy women are? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> in, in context, we had a prank caller slash uh, – yeah. Let, let's just go to break on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funnier out of context. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Very uncomfortable uh, for some, but but not all. Uh, yes, more on the weekend of hoops ahead. We're here at PBA. Hail Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Winding down our one hail varsity here at PBA, powered by Cornhead Lager. Jacob Padilla courtside with this. Connor, go for it. Just after last night's loss, and I, I know you said that you didn't watch it, Jacob, but that makes me curious. Does that make you feel any less confident about that game that's looming at Michigan? I know it's a little over a week away, and I know they got stomped last night at Rutgers, but. You add the Doug McDaniel factor in there. You add the lack of confidence factor in there. Does that change your opinion on that game? I don't know that it changes my opinion. I, Again, I kind of 
felt like this they still had this in them. I, I wasn't totally uh, confident that they had gotten through it just because of the overwhelming uh, amount of data in favor of them really struggling on the road, uh, no matter the, the circumstances. Um, one win wasn't enough to uh, convince me that that was entirely gone. And again, the Doug McDaniel factor it kind of makes it hard to compare um, to the first time they played them. So, um, yeah, it, it's like we, we talked about. It, it's something that they're going to have to identify and fix whatever is causing that because uh, that would be a really rough way to end the regular season ahead in a postseason play, taking a, another loss like that. Jacob, I want to get your take on high school hoops. Uh, you just saw Britt Prince uh, show up, show out, wow, and then you've got your Class A semis tonight. Yeah, I uh, just watched Britt Prince drop a triple-double after a 33-16 and 16 game uh, <laughs> in, the, in the first round. And... Um, and the thing that's so impressive about her is just the way she basically can impact the game in every single way possible and kind of figures out whatever you're throwing at her, she'll find a way which part of her skill set is best uh, utilized to, to, to help her team win in this moment. And in this one, they're playing like triangle and two, kind of junking things up. Uh, and she did a great job of continuing to, to find her teammates. Sydney Stodden had 16, and most of them were just off of uh, – Britt uh, tossing, tossing her in the, the gap in the zone on that backside for a little baseline jumper. Uh, and then great rebounder at her side. She really attacks the glass. I mean, five steals, three blocks, just com- really disruptive on defense. Uh, and then she scored 21 as well against that, that junk defense. So that's kind of the thing that's so impressive about her is she can, she can do everything. Like they, I don't know what her weakness is as a basketball player. I've been watching her for four years now. And I, I don't think there is necessarily one. that She can continue to get better at everything, just like any basketball player can. But there's not one thing where I look at and say, okay, um, that's something she doesn't do well. Uh, and that'll certainly serve her well as she moves on to the next level and plays a lot more games here uh, at PBA. North Star tonight, uh, Millard West. You have Southwest, Bell West. It's uh, the two metros clashing again. <laughs> yep. Uh, I was really impressed with North Star and what they yeah. did against uh, Millard North there. Um, Sarah Gatwich, really active, long, uh, kind of stuff athletic. on the stat sheet. Uh, Annie uh, Liu, as a sophomore, is really impressed. Didn't, didn't shoot super well, but made a lot of plays. Had 10 offensive rebounds, I think. Um, and then Kendall Anderson knocked down some big shots as well. So, Millard West did not play very well at all in their first game. Uh, didn't shoot the ball at all. They didn't get great games from the Gesser Twins and still kind of rolled, uh, still pulled that game out. So um, you have to think that they're going to bounce back mm-hmm. and have to find a way to counteract that. Um, Southwest, I, I, unfortunately, that's a, they're the best team that I haven't seen play yet this year. I obviously know uh, about Kennedy Williams, mm-hmm. and I know she kind of struggled a little bit in the first, uh, first round. So you kind of figure a uh, bounce-back game for her. She's not going to go out w- without a fight. So, yeah, it should be good. Uh, WS, really talented team as well. Um, their, their backcourt is tremendous. So should be a couple of good games tonight. Jacob Adilla, uh, Jacob Adilla underscore. Hail Varsity and Herd at Sports. Jacob, good to see you, yeah. but appreciate me. it. Hour two coming up. It's Hail Varsity powered by Cornhead Locker. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a six ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, courtside here at PBA. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Bill Dolman, pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. 
the professor at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I just wish I was a little bit like you, where I'm in a place where I'm surrounded by thousands of my friends as I take a look at the stream and look behind you. You know, it's between games, jerks. Oh, okay. (laughs) And it was before games yesterday, Elijah, with you coming off the top rope and two steel chairs. (laughs) <laughs> See, I can't wait till I show up and all my adoring fans are there once I get there. Uh-huh. Uh, assuming they're not uh, lined up on the uh, phone lines to, uh, to to call you. We had our, our good friend Crew from the stream chat call and ask you to talk to the sexy boys. So mm-hmm. thank you for that one, Crew. Yeah, Bill, we, we got the mother. It's taken 20 years, but we finally got uh, someone calling into the KFOR phone lines slash Hale Varsity radio phone lines asking for sexy girls. So... <laughs> Because they found the, le- the 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 number on the internet, and thank God, not a bathroom stall. So I thought they were. I thought maybe they were looking for the old average Joe sports show before we went to podcast. <sighs> yeah, but, no, uh, no kidding, right? Yeah, right. Well, well uh, you know, let's 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 write Nebraska's performance last night at Ohio State, and uh, Dion uh, in the stream asks a, a question, and he's been chatting with some of the other stream listeners on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. How does, you know, and we'll just kind of go from, from the, the response here. How do you explain the bottom feeders slash the lower part of the Big Ten upsetting the, the top part? What do you make of the league? Start there for me this year. Yeah, it's down when we look at how many bids are going to be handed out here in three weeks, likely. That being said, you know, what, what do you think of Big Ten basketball? And then let's kind of dive into last night. You know, I, I think uh... – I'm, tr- I'm trying to it, – it has been an enigma this season. And maybe it's because the, some of the teams that have been down are the big-name teams, not that they're perennial powerhouses, although, you know, Michigan's had great had some great teams. But Michigan's down, Ohio State's down, Indiana is down. Very down, right? Uh, so I think that that takes away the perception of what the Big Ten should be. And especially because Michigan was thought would be better, uh, that would, you know, would be improving under Jawan Howard. And it might be that he's on his way out. Uh, Mike Woodson was supposed to have had a very good team at Indiana this year. That has not turned out uh, to be the case at all. So I think when you've got name teams like that, and Ohio State's already fired its coach, uh, that that takes away the perception. But we are also getting into the month of March today, and you've got some teams playing with a sense of panic. We saw Nebraska a year ago, very much in a, a similar situation in the month of February. Uh, kind of playing for its coach's uh, uh, career at Nebraska, and the Huskers turned it around and knocked off some teams uh, late down the stretch. And I think with Ohio State, maybe you're you're seeing that. Nebraska certainly saw that last night, that whether they are attached to their coach, is it Justin Fiedler, uh, and want to see him get the gig? I don't think he will, but firing Chris Holtzman – has turned that team around all of a sudden. And I don't think they were, you know, that bad. But when we saw them in Lincoln, they looked like a glorified men's league team. They just didn't care, right? Um, But I think you're getting teams in March that are playing with a sense of urgency, that are playing, if not for their NCAA tournament lives, uh, certainly to solidify a spot in the NIT. And uh, Minnesota probably falls into that category after losing to Nebraska uh, Rutgers is still fighting to get into the NCAA tournament. Ohio State, you know, is not, but maybe an NIT bid. So I think there's a little urgency as to why some of those teams perceived to be in the bottom are knocking off some of the teams on the top. And some of the top teams are fading. Wisconsin got 
slugged by Nebraska. Nebraska proved the bully may not be all that tough, and they have struggled since losing to in Lincoln. Well, yeah, Wisconsin, I think, is a great example of a team that lost its urgency and has kind of lost some of the mojo that it had going early in this season. I mean, you had Minnesota talk about it last week whenever they came into Lincoln, I guess on Sunday, that Nebraska was a team that was more urgent. They seemed like they had more to play for, even though Minnesota was playing for their tournament lives. I think we saw an Ohio State team that had more urgency last night against Nebraska, knowing there's still a backdoor shot that they could get into the NCAA tournament if a couple things go their way. My question to you, Bill, is when you look at the last two games of the season, Rutgers and Michigan, do you worry about Nebraska's urgency in those final two games, knowing it's more than likely they're going to make it in the tournament unless the wheels fall off. But I guess if the wheels fall off, it would start with losing to both Rutgers and Michigan. I don't necessarily worry about it. I think if, as we looked at that four-game stretch uh, with Nebraska, what Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Michigan, I think pe most people would say if, if they're going to lose one of those four games, it's going to be at Ohio State. Mm. And it happened. Ohio State's been a lot better since Holtzman got fired. Uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, why that is, I don't know, but uh, I, I think with I think on Sunday, look, Rutgers is still in that category of you know trying to get into the tournament conversation and a win over Nebraska in Lincoln. Nebraska's the hunted would go a long way in helping Rutgers at least make some semblance of an argument. Nebraska cannot lose at Michigan; that just can't happen. If they played the way they played last night at Michigan, I think that they can win the game. I didn't think they played horribly last night some some key players did not shoot the ball well last night but um you can't get beat at the free throw line what was it 24 to 7 at the free throw line last night i mean that was i find that a bit of a uh, an odd discrepancy but look sunday against rutgers is it's senior day and i don't think you're going to see this nebraska basketball team that has played so well at home have a letdown in the, the, the regular season finale. They're not going to play an NIT game in Lincoln, I don't think. I think it's going to be an emotional day. I think the effort you saw Nebraska play with against Minnesota, which I thought was rugged, it was they bullied Minnesota. They were efficient offensively. They moved the ball well. I, I, I likened it the other day. I likened it to watching an, uh, an, an old Bobby Knight Indiana team. Uh, I thought they were just efficient and rugged. And that's going to win you games in March, and that's where we are. But as emotional as I expect Sunday to be, I, I just I just cannot imagine Nebraska losing to Rutgers on Sunday. Well, they you don't want to sweat with you know going to, to Michigan and, and screwing that up. You got to take care of Sunday for sure, right? And then whatever you get in the Big Ten tournament uh, that. Double by, going to need some help, some more help with that now with last night's loss. But you had a chance to to solidify yourself with another quad one win last night, and you didn't do it. And I guess the thing that frustrates Nebraska fans, if you just get beat, so so be it. But it's it, what makes Nebraska fans smile about this team is how they play and how they win. But it also what's infuriating is is how they lose and sometimes their decision-making, and I think Jacob Padilla was with us last segment, put it best, there's still that that glimmer of doubt with this team, not that they can't get to where they want to go, and that's dancing, but that they revert back to some some bad habits is the best way to put it. Uh, and listen, three-point shooting's a monster part of their offense. It was 
Uh, it, it, it took, <laughs> I don't know, 35 attempts, whatever the number was, but they were they were 10 of of of, uh, of of 30 plus, so they they shot 27 percent. I mean, it just, they just weren't efficient last night, Bill, and they they just didn't finish at the rim either, and and that was frustrating for for many Nebraska fans, and they they just settled, brother. They just settled for some threes. But it it was not as bad as the Minnesota loss at the beginning of conference play. Minnesota. That was a a disastrous collapse. Maryland was, you know, they didn't look uh, like they they looked inept. They they looked terrible at Minnesota, losing in the second half. They looked inept at Maryland and at Rutgers. I mean, those were some horrifically ugly road losses of games that they should have won. Last night, though, again, Ohio State, since firing Holtzman, they've been rough on people. What are they, 3-1 and one now with uh, mm-hmm. since the coaching changed? So they played pretty well. And Nebraska, look, they, you know, they got down. They battled back. They never got over and was, was able to take the lead. And there were some questionable threes in transition. Tomonaga was hosting, hoisting up some shots, and he goes 3-for-12. And what with Gary was 3-for-12, Mast for 5-for-14. You know, they missed shots they've been making down that stretch in that in the four-game or five-game winning streak. So they, they, I thought they fought. Yeah, they took some bad shots, but they, I, they were comparing how bad did they look in losses. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Um, I thought they were competitive last night. It wasn't the disasters and the embarrassments and the ineptitude and all of that with Rutgers, Maryland, and Minnesota. They got beat by they got beat by a team that is surging at the you know at, at an important time and they lost on the road at home. You know it, it happens. Do you have any comments on the referees from last night? Uh, twenty four of twenty eight and seven of eight. I rest my case. Enough said. Home that's, cooking. That, that's kind of like winning a that's kind of like winning a Super Bowl without somebody uh, calling a holding on the other team or without being someone's uh, bitter. Holding. You know it like. Look, it's a rugged Big Ten game to have eight free throws attempted in a game. You know, uh, well, if you're partying, some... if you're partying outside the three-point arc, just launching threes, it's hard to get a call in the paint. I know, but still, it, it look there. It, there should be more free throws. It should be at least comparable. That's not that's not comparable. Twenty in a Big Ten game. Come on. Bill, let's go to uh, the next episode of Chasing Three. What do you anticipate? What do you want to see in the next episode? If Bill Dolman is tasked with some creative control here, what what is the feature? What's the surprise going to be here next episode? Well, you know, the the, the feature in, game, in the first episode was, you know, the two defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Hutmaker and Robinson. Okay, so I'm thinking that we're we're gonna go to some position group. I I wonder if they are going to put a camera on the quarterback room at all during this series. You know, are they going to devote some time to the celebrity that is the Dylan Rayola phenomena, Danny Kalen, Heinrich Harburg, or are they just going to let that kind of be a side story that people wonder about. Why Why put them in the spotlight more than they, that position already is and, and Dylan and, and Danny already are. So I, I bet we're going to see our, see week to week different position groups that are highlighted. Maybe we see the Buford brothers and 
Um, or maybe we see, you know, the wide receiver core, although there are some guys who are out, you know, that won't be participating in spring ball, so maybe we won't see them. Maybe we'll see some guys that are on the mend, you know, hoping to come back like uh, Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. I, I just, it's not who we see during this series. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to who we won't see. Mm-hmm. It'll be good no matter what we see. It's Bill Dolman with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, before we get you out, a reaction to more technology on the sidelines of college football. That's been in the news today. Matt Rule maybe had it right back in October whenever he commented on the Michigan situation. Sounds like you're going to get some more sideline uh, technology as well as headsets in the helmets for quarterbacks to allow that direct communication. Your reaction to that seems well past due at this point, but it does sound like it's going to be happening and potentially implemented into college football in 2024. I think we should go back to the time when Tom Osborne would whisper into the ear of Donnie Westbrook and Chuck Melito and send in a play with the two guys to relay it to uh, the quarterback of the you know, of the time for the to Dave Hum or something, and no electronics on the sidelines or anything anywhere. Let's just go back to Spartan football in the old days. Nah, like it. it I'm I'm shocked like everybody else that they haven't been doing this. You know, to have the transmitter and the helmet or any other. Uh, uh, gizmo that they have come up with to make the game a little more efficient and into the 21st century. So it's just the, the evolution of the game of football and whatever the Big Ten and the SEC want to do uh, at this point. I'm all for whatever gets rid of those panels of boards that they and the signs that they hold up so we never have to see those things again. Those I think they were fun. They, those should just be banned altogether. Who get doesn't? Rid of that. I don't care what they do beyond. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want the, the the old Ozark tribute where there's four squares? There's a picture of Spartacus in one square. There's uh, the Oregon Duck in another. There's Uncle Phil Knight in the lower corner, and then there's the the, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Or there's the picture of Samantha Fox in her bikini from 1984. I better yeah, than I get than it. now. Yeah, you know, or Farrah Fawcett's poster. I got it. You know, if, if that's what if, if that's what they're going to go back to, okay, maybe I'll allow it. But I'm so all that. It looked like watching a game show from the 1970s where you're trying to put the the panels together to come up and solve the puzzle. It was kind of fun to decipher it, though, or at least attempt to decipher what was going on. Right? It's it's Boss Hog, Cletus, Daisy, and Uncle Jesse, quarterback sneak. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just them trying to be too cute for their own good, come up with something and looking stupid in the process. Can I get, get rid of those panels and I'll be a happy football fan. Can I get two minutes on the other side? I want to get your take on the uh, NCAA and, and uh, Charlie Baker and what's happening with the board of directors directing NCAA enforcement to stand down, man. I got, I got two minutes for you, but two words. Eject. Well, they, they are. Abort mission. They are. See you later. <laughs> they are. So we'll get two more minutes with Bill Dolman on the other side uh, when it comes to the uh, NCAA tucking their tail between their legs, at least while there's an injunction going on. Uh, we are courtside here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, the North Star Band is wailing away, and they're doing a fine job at it. I think it's Jackson 5, yeah? Yeah, I think that's that's it. Because I want you back. Maybe not anymore. They no. were for a bit. Give me that tune. They, <laughs> that's pretty good. 
We'll play uh, Sing That Song with one Elijah Herbal. Your horsey radio karaoke. Oh, yeah. Uh, pour <laughs> me a drink. All right. Hour 2 continues. Hail Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Friday edition. Hail Varsity rolls forward. Powered by Cornhead Lager. Courtside here at PBA. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. There's some overtime here with the pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports' Bill Dolman. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. 30-minute warm-up period is Millard West out of their locker room. 26-1 for Millard West. And uh, Lincoln North Star getting their first state tournament win ever. Uh, Thursday night, back-to-back state tournament trips for the Gators. Uh, Elijah Herbal will be down here at PBA, as well as Southwest and Bell West at 745 tonight. Bill, what did they get your take? Pete Thamel tweeting this out of uh, ESPN. And uh, you have an injunction right now, which means this. NCAA sent members a letter today saying, look, in response to the latest order, the Division One." Board of Directors directed the NCAA enforcement staff to pause and not begin any investigations involving third-party participation in NIL activities, NIL-related activities. That means uh, Rocky Top can play that band a little louder uh, today (laughs) and, and other programs. But Charlie Baker's comments, there'll be no penalty for conduct that occurs consistent with the injunction while the injunctions in place i agree with the decision while the progress towards long-term solutions underway uh, we'll wait and have discussions so uh there's a pause there's no teeth there's no enforcement let's just start getting the bag men baby <laughs> I, I think this is kind of like saying uh we will not have security at walmart on black friday nice <laughs> and I, I think you're going to see member institutions and third-party advisors and uh, the equivalency of AAU sponsors and shoe companies and apparel and all that. They're going to be crowding the door, and everybody's going to be sprinting for the big screens, and there's going to be nothing anybody can do about it for a little while. And once somebody, be it in Congress or the NCAA, where the institutions themselves decide they're going to police themselves. Uh, I don't know how college sports ever gets back to anything resembling what we used to know. Um, but look, Charlie Baker, to his credit, realizes there's nothing they can do right now uh, other than hope that somebody will put some guardrails uh, in place that people may honor. But I'm not sure that's going to be the case either. Uh, I, I kind of feel bad for Charlie Baker because his predecessor, Mark Emmert, was an absolute disaster in not addressing the current uh, status uh, of, uh, well, the current, the current storms that were brewing under his ten- tenure and not looking into the future as to what could happen. And then he resigns and Baker comes in from Capitol Hill. Maybe they thought that his... His uh, ties in politics and government would help. That's not proving to be the case. And instead of Congress 
and the government and all the suits at the NCAA having any power. It's people in letter jackets on high school campuses right now that have all of the power in uh, in college sports. High school kids, college kids, and those who are advising them right now are the ones who are reading the uh, uh, the legalese and saying, here's what you can do now. Go at it, and there's nothing anybody in a suit and tie can do to stop you. Well, the handlers will be having fun. Yeah, nice. But you know, but but credit. Look, he, credit saying, look, we can't enforce anything right now. And and you go back in time to some of the cases that the NCA was investigating and and getting people on, whether it was buying a you know a hamburger for a recruit, or you know, is it the Florida State offensive coordinator got in trouble for taking a kid for a ride? to an NIL meeting where he was going to, you know, get a deal to get money, but the coach is in trouble for arranging a ride that doesn't come through, so he gives him the ride, and he's the one that's in trouble. And, of course, the women's tennis team at UMass Amherst losing its conference title over a rotary dial phone hookup remains the most egregious what? example. What is, what is that story? What is that story? Oh, yeah, i, I got to go look back and back and look at the details. It's like 10 years ago. There was a the women's tennis team at UMass Amherst won its first conference title like in 30 years, but it came to light that some of the girls who were living in a, a, an apartment or in a house, there was a rotary or a, a landline phone that had been taken care of, hooked up or whatever, and was paid for. And because they deemed that an extra benefit, they they took away the conference championship of this tennis team that had never won one in its history. And it's a landline phone. Nobody even used it. But because somebody spent like $89 to activate it in the house that they were living in, they deemed it an extra benefit. Whew. Do you know what that that's phone bill was? That's the NCAA. That, you know, that's the NCAA saying, here's how much power we have. Meanwhile, you've got this conference realignment thing going, and uh, we can't stop it. But, damn it, we're going to get women's tennis teams and not give them their trophy back. Mm. Look it up. UMass women's tennis. They're still teed off about it. It was a $250 phone bill over the course of three years. But it it was was like it was like some like the house that they were living in. The the owner of the house or something paid for it to be activated. They didn't even use it, Mm -hmm. but they did that as an extra (laughs) benefit for a women's tennis team at UMass. We can't have that happening. We're the NCAA. It no clue at all. Man, for, for poor UMass tennis to get whacked like that. Uh, UMass Amherst. Sorry. Well, that's what UMass is. Right. But that's is the it? NCAA, right? We Marcus, are going to make Marcus, and Marcus of Cam. Yeah, meanwhile, Marcus Camby and Coach Cal <laughs> in the Final Four team. <laughs> How'd they put right. the Final Four team together, allegedly? <laughs> right. Back or in you've 96. Got, you've, got, uh, you've got all these basketball coaches beginning with. Uh, Sean Miller and DeAndre Ayton back in 2017 involving an FBI investigation and coaches going to jail and major coaches resigning can be coast-to-coast investigations that, well, Bill Self sat out the Texas Southern game. We're fine with that, (laughs) right? We're okay with that, but this women's tennis team, that's the NCAA for you. I worry about... Bill, we'll get you out on this. Elijah wants your take, too. But, I, you know, with, with zero enforcement right now with this injunction, fine. I mean, NIL is NIL. And, and schools, you know, I like Nebraska's 
proposal in the legislature to let 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 the university have more say or or be able to partner versus and keep your 1890s for sure but be able to partner uh versus having to play the the telephone game <laughs> to uh to communicate without breaking rules pun intended yes <laughs> so well, i i think that has i think that has to happen that there has to be approved if it's going to be the ncaa or the college football association or the cnfl the the or the ncfl national college football league something like that that they the the, the schools are going to have to come together and set agreed upon rules tampering and, play, and you know the players there's going to be a union and then bring the collectives in so that there are those that are approved and you can at least police them in some way but you're still going to have happy meals you're still going to have, you know, those donors that are going to, you know, and they're going to give out the cash under the table, over the table, make it rain up in here, right? <laughs> that the NCA is just not going to, that the NCA is just not going to be able to police, or the C, the NCFL is not going to be able to police. But at least you put something in place to make it look like you do have some control in some way, and I think that is bringing the collectives. Approved collectives under the umbrella of the universities who are in the elite conferences of the new league when it all forms. And there are 24 teams in the Big Ten, 24 teams in the SEC. They have divisions and they eventually have a Supreme Bowl, shall we say. Yeah, that works. Good title. Billy D will run you down this weekend. Thanks for going a little OT with us today. Absolutely. I'm going to go trademark that right now. Have a good weekend. Bill, always thinking. I love it. Quite a fair, Barry. Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. Future millionaire with his copyright. Yes. Future multi-millionaire. Bill, be good, buddy. Appreciate you. There he is. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairberry, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. And we're getting title suggestions in the stream (laughs) from the other Brian. Uh, crew is going to hit up his bag man. So he says, Brent says, collar's gone wild. And we should sell the, uh, the, the this show specifically for $19.99. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That's, that's pretty funny. But uh, we will have the Friday forecast on the way. What is, we're going to attempt Clausburn. Bill is doing something in the green room. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. He said... Does he want to come come back in the show here? He's got a big old box of files. I uh, he's getting the shredder ready. <laughs> That's pretty good. He's going trumpet Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> or pick political figure, right? Uh. So we'll uh, we'll dive in to um, to the Friday forecast. Some really big time college basketball. But you just love this atmosphere downtown Lincoln, the Haymarket, the rail yard. It's PBA. It's going to be great weather this weekend. You've got semifinal action tonight and uh, the, the battle of the metros, right? You've got uh, Omaha's top squad still remaining and surviving. That is Bellevue West and Millard West. They'll tip off tonight. You have millard west against lincoln north star the gators right now warming up in front of me here courtside at pba and then lincoln southwest 
against uh, Bellevue West at 745. Elijah will be on that call. I'll be on that call locally at KFOR. Tough, our, our friends and affiliates at 590 uh, Omaha's ESPN, your home for Husker football and baseball. A little rain delay that's turned into cancellation today, so no Nebraska baseball. Hopefully they can get uh, the second game of that series in tomorrow. If you're a Nebraska baseball fan, uh, we've got uh, a stream listener that was headed down that way. Eric. Yep, Eric. Or NAS- that's NASCAR Eric, correct? Yes, it is. NASCAR Eric, who always checks in with us, Eric Fear. I hope he's all right with me calling him NASCAR Eric. Always find the show Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity YouTube. can watch the show that way. Follow us on Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Friday forecast, Clausburn on the way with Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Logger. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Logger, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're here courtside at PBA Girls State 2024. The uh, game one of the Class A semifinals about uh, 14 minutes away or so. Locally in Lincoln, you can hear that, KFORnow.com with Connor Clark, Tim Bob Kitzmiller. Elijah, well done, good sir, as you're able to run down the man that's imaginary and he wears red for the Friday forecast. It is Clausburn with us on a Friday. Claus, how we doing? Good to spend some time with you. Well, uh, I'm doing okay. I, I want to use my opportunity, and I never do this, but a good friend of mine, Jacob, who is a regular, well, I should say occasional listener of this segment, which aren't we all, uh, had a baby this week, so wanted to congratulate him. Named it Eli after the New York football great. I said, well, at least you didn't name it Orenthal. And he said, yeah, that would have been a killer name, but... <laughs> Wow. We went with Eli, so <clears throat> congratulations to Jacob and welcome to the to the fandom Eli. Now, could Eli is that Eli for short for Elijah? Well, I, I'm fairly sure he wouldn't name him after his fifteenth favorite radio host, <laughs> but I suppose that's possible. Uh, that's so good. That wasn't necessary. At least you got one in the face this time, Elijah. Okay. Claus, before we get to our Friday forecast. What do you think about Brian Ferentz visiting Nebraska's coaching staff this week, coaching football offices? And I know Bill Belichick's visiting here for the coaches clinic, which is great. That being said, uh, Big Brian has got some time on his hands. What do you make of it? Well, I I know Matthew and uh, Anthony, our defensive coordinator, are trying to find ways to keep offenses from scoring and Nobody knows anything more about offenses that don't score than Brian Ferentz, so I think it might work out in our favor. That that works well. Without further ado, let's get to the picks. This weekend, the Friday forecast uh, on to college basketball. So Kansas has been an absolute mess since they won and covered pretty impressively uh, against Houston. 
KU now at Baylor. The Bears minus four and a half. KU three and five. On the road this year for a two seed number seven. Iowa State's moved up to that two line in, in many projections. I, I, I'm going to go with Baylor. Baylor was good enough, but not, uh, not long enough against Houston in, in overtime at home. I think they get the win at home in Waco this weekend. And I think they, they cover the number. Give me Baylor by 868-60. KU's just got to figure it out. This is a KU team you're not going to buy in the NCAA tournament and watch them put a run together. Elijah, what do you say? Yeah, that, my my thing with KU is they're solidly into the tournament. I wonder about the care factor. Baylor's playing in front of the, the home fans here. I think that gives them a little added care factor. I think they win. I don't know if they cover. I still think KU is a good basketball program, uh, despite the fact that the results haven't always been there this season. I'm going to take Baylor to win, but no cover. I think the Jayhawks cover four and a half, and I think it's a 70 to 67 game. Claus, what say you? Are you going with KU or are you going with Baylor? Well, I'll be honest with you, fellas. I don't know a whole lot about either of these two teams this year. But I do know historically, Baylor has had to cover up their biggest program secrets with shady figures, espionage, and a little bit of conspiracy, whereas Kansas has had to cover up their biggest uh, problems in the program with the toupee. So <laughs> I'm going to take the Jayhawks to cover, <clears throat> but not win. It's going to be Baylor 71 and Kansas 69. I was waiting for some sort of caress shout out, but I, it's okay. You did it. Well, t- both Lawrence and Waco have been invaded by outside factors. Lawrence got burned down, and Waco's been a joke for 30 years. So. You decide who wins that way. <laughs> Clasburn with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Marquette is at Creighton. Creighton minus four and a half. Another chance for the Jays to take down a, a top ten program. They took UConn down less than a week ago. Then they lost to Slick Rick in the uh, Godfather 2 tribute suit last Saturday. I think Creighton gets it done. Creighton's been playing good ball. Sounds like things are going appropriately so for coach mack and the extension give me uh, the jays 78 and a little payback to marquette 78 to 65 jays roll tomorrow at chi elijah yeah creighton already got this game whenever they were on the road at marquette i think they get another win this time around creighton's a good basketball program i think they got a little too much offense for marquette it was 72 67 if memory serves me correctly the first time around I think Creighton can put up a few more points than that this time around. I got Creighton 80, Marquette 69, a winning cover for the Jays. Claus, you going Creighton or you going Marquette? Well, far be it from me to ever offer any advice to Creighton or their fan base, but I think they got a chance in this one if they can get inside Marquette's head. I think the best way to do it is to make a sign that says, Hey, Tyler Corrick, read these words, fish, pony, Hip hop anonymous, <laughs> and he won't hit a shot all night. Creighton will roll 72 and Marquette 65. And that is a joke about how Colt cannot read? Yes. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tennessee is at Bama. We'll say pick 'em. Bama's been uh, resurgent. 
from their start to the year. Tennessee's been top five, barring kind of a weird home loss to South Carolina, who's projected in the tournament. I'll say pick them. Tennessee hates Bama. Bama hates Tennessee. At one time, Phil Fulmer could not get out of Alabama quick enough. He had to get to the state line. Otherwise, he'd have been uh, prosecuted for, well, winning a recruiting battle in the world of football. But I think Bama stings Tennessee. I like the home court. I like Coach Oates. And give me Bama uh, 75-70 over Rocky Top. Elijah. Yeah, I like Bama here. Again, as I kind of said before, a lot of it this year comes down to who wants it more. I think Bama with NCAA tournament seeding might have a little more to play for here. I got them winning this one 82-79. to Claus, what do you say, Tennessee or Bama? Well, usually when you think Tennessee and Bama, you think third Saturday in October, not first weekend in March. In fact, the first weekend in March in Tennessee and Alabama usually just involves looking very nervously at all the pregnant sheep. So (laughs) this is going to be a difficult weekend for them. But I think Alabama pulls it off. Very close game. 71 in the Volunteers, 69. Claus, you got time for for one more on the other side, Nebraska and Rutgers, are you okay for a, a quick timeout? We'll come back with you. Okay. All right. Claus will wrap up the Friday forecast. We're courtside here at PBA, and uh, locally we'll have Millard West ready to go against uh, Lincoln North Star. Connor Clark, Tim Bob Kitzmiller locally on KFOR will wind down a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Forecast, Nebraska Rutgers selection next. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Courtside here at PBA. Let's get back to the Friday forecast as North Star is out of the locker room. A loud roar by the student section and all the fans uh, here to see uh, girls high school basketball state semis 2024. So uh, I'm going to say the line's five and a half, six and a half. That might feel low, but that's what it's kind of been the last couple home games. And uh, I think Nebraska wins. I think it's a rock fight. I think Rutgers slaps Nebraska around a little bit, but I think Nebraska responds and finds a way and gets some payback. 68-60, barely a cover for Nebraska, a little too close on a Sunday evening for Nebraska basketball fans. But it's a win. You get to win number 21. Give me the big red and uh, barely a cover, but uh, some good momentum before the off week in front of Michigan. Elijah. I think Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska, the whole team, is going to be pretty PO'd uh, based on that result from Thursday against Ohio State last night. I think they come out and I think they slap Rutgers around just a little bit. They need that extra motivation. Uh, or they don't need the extra motivation, but I think they have it considering they lost to Rutgers the first time around and considering what happened last night. I'm going to take Nebraska to win it and to win it big. Give me Nebraska 74 and Rutgers 60. As Schmitty pauses for the national anthem, let's send it to Claus. Claus, what do you have Nebraska-Rutgers on Sunday evening? Well, this is obviously a game that Nebraska's got to have for their postseason purposes, and I suppose the more fatalistic amongst the Nebraska ball fan base is probably so tensed up that they could produce a diamond if we shoved a lump of coal up their (laughs) posterior. But this game is being played at home, and quite honestly, 
I can't respect a team school program that calls itself Rutgers. I mean, it sounds like an old-timey gastrointestinal disease, like I ate way too much gabagool after the Springsteen concert last night, and now I got a bad case of the Rutgers. So I think Nebraska wins this one. I don't think it's particularly close toward the end. Nebraska 81 and Rutgers 69. There he is, Clausburn making his predictions here on another Friday forecast of Hale Varsity Radio. As we welcome Schmitty back to the show. Schmitty, you have any final thoughts for Claus before we say goodbye? Claus, I, I, I'm a big gabagool guy, but well played, sir. Have a great weekend, and thanks for joining us. Okay. There he goes. He's imaginary. He wears red. It is Clausburn and the Friday forecast. Elijah, we're going to get it turned over to, to Connor and Tim Bob locally here as uh, we break away. But don't forget the weekend edition of Hale Varsity tomorrow, 745. Can catch that on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe, like, tell a friend. And a uh, big high five to Elijah Herbal for getting the Spotify issue fixed with the podcast. Yeah, so if you were having issues, we let off the show with that. Issue has been resolved. All the episodes are up on Spotify this week. So if that applies to you, we apologize for the inconvenience. We thank you for your patience. And you are able to listen to Schmitty and myself on Spotify yet again with Hale Varsity Radio. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, where you can download us. Uh, follow us at HVarsity Radio on Twitter at Herbal Essence at Schmidt underscore radio. And, of course, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Big thanks to Bill Dolman. Big thanks to Jacob Padilla. Big thanks to Tim Baird of Lincoln Southwest. And thanks, as always, to Claus. We'll talk to you manana, 745 weekend edition tomorrow morning. For Elijah Schmitty, we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow on Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. A Huda Media Production.